This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the number one online broadcast network for movie talk, this is the Cosplay Coach. Costume breakdowns and tips and tricks to create your own. And now, the coach yourself, Meredith Placco. And friends! Yay! We're going to add that one of these days. <laughs> hey everyone, are you ready to get furious? Because we're pretty mad <laughs> up in here. I've been waiting all week to make that. All week, yes. guys. Alright, I am Meredith Placco. One of the cosplay coaches that you can find. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at mplaco. And I'm joined, as always, by Emma Fife, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Fife. <laughs> and I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. <laughs> and we have a really awesome guest this week, Andrew Fogel from League of Steam and TYT Networks. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You were kind of like like the foremost wasteland expert amongst our friends group that was available today. Otherwise, yeah. it would be like twenty of us. Yeah, but, uh, we you, are many. Yeah, you've uh, you've done some amazing stuff. I mean, you're you're part of the League of Steam, which is one of like the foremost steampunk groups and web series. You guys recently won an award for costume design. We did. That's yeah. really awesome. And and in your day job, you also work in the media. Yeah, I'm a producer for the TYT Network for a show called Nerd Alert, which Meredith has been a guest oh. on, a wonderful guest, a couple of different times. Yeah. Uh, so Super yeah, you can fun. check that out on. YouTube at Nerd Alert. And we can find you on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Von Fogel and also Instagram at Baron Von Fogel. Ooh, fancy. Oh, my bus vibrating, guys. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's never any good. All right, well, uh, if you couldn't tell by the uh, crazy set decoration and some of the costume designs, we were discussing Mad Max this week. It's going to be a super fun, uh, rage-filled show. We're going to kind of cover a lot of Max's outfits from the various incarnations, but really touch on Fury Road, which is a super awesome flick that I had the opportunity to go see a couple weeks ago. So jealous. I, I know. And I'm just going to say tomorrow. this, guys. Better than Avengers. <laughs> Just, just putting it out there. It is a, a two-hour solid rock opera, nonstop action, yes. and the plot is perfect. It, it comes out basically tomorrow. It's Thursday. It's the new Friday. Yeah. Thursday and, uh, is the new Friday. Everyone needs to go Back see Back in this. my day, midnight yeah. screening started at midnight. Yeah. I know. Well, like I mean, to be fair, we are on the West Coast, yeah. so we get East Coast. I mean, I'm PM. <laughs> but hey, it means I'm home in bed by midnight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, want to thank our sponsor. This month, 
Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. They're coming to the South Point in June 20 or June 19th to the 21st. So go check them out and head on over. It looks like some of us are going to be there. I'm pretty yep. stoked <laughs> to have my girls joining me at the show. Yay! And uh, yeah, we'll be there. I'll, I'll be hosting panels. They'll be hosting panels, fan meetups. There's going to be a lot of really cool things. The original uh, American voice acting cast of Sailor Moon is there. They're going to have, um, oh my gosh, who else is there? Uh, the guy who played Scorpion yep. from <laughs> the original Mortal Kombat. Combat yep. series, John Barrowman from Torchwood and Doctor Who, and also I believe he's been on CW's The Arrow. He has yeah. been on Arrow yeah. lately, yeah. So it's it's going to be a really fun show, and they also have some of the best comic creators around, so I'm really excited to chat with Kevin Eastman, Charles Scholl, and, and the rest that are going to be there, Rob Liefeld. Come on, it's Deadpool season. So. Exactly. But yeah, so head on over to AmazingLasVegasComicCon.com and pick up your tickets. And later on in the show, we're going to announce our winner from last week's yes. contest. <laughs> and while you're at it, head on over to iTunes and subscribe and like and give us five stars. Give us those thumbs up on YouTube. Comment and send in pictures and videos of you in your cosplay and we'll feature them on the show. And now, going into the world of Mad Max, the post-apocalyptic near future that uh, George R- Miller mm-hmm. created. I mean, he pretty much is the man who started the post-apocalyptic and car chase. Like, he was also responsible for what we know as the iconic yeah, car I chase. Mean, I mean, certainly the kind of post-apocalyptic future we see... Mm-hmm. In a lot of genres nowadays, mm-hmm. both as, you know, TV shows, video games, web series, what have you, none of that existed without George Miller's work. Yep. He absolutely invented that. This is his his brainchild and yeah. baby, and, and 30 years later to come back and do Fury Road, which is a script he started 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and they they hit a lot of production uh, no, you know, lows trying to get this out there, but it finally, you know, finished uh, production in 2014, and comes out tomorrow, so it's going to be super awesome. Now, the first Mad Max, uh, Mar- We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And Kingsford Smith was actually only credited as the wardrobe department, mm-hmm. but was in charge of most of the, the costuming that we see from that. Yeah. As far as I could tell yeah. from the research I was doing anyway, I was I was looking really hard, like, who did the costumes for the first movie? Mm-hmm. Because the first movie, you have to bear in mind, had a budget of only three hundred and fifty to 400000 Australian dollars. Wow. <laughs> the current conversion rate for the Australian dollar to the American dollar is $0.80. Cents. So that's, that's not even $400,000 so American. Indie film, yeah. in all, <laughs> all and purposes. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, but even with that limited m- budget, they were able to do some really, yeah, like, pretty cool costume. No, no. That being said, with the original Mad Max that came out in '79, it was more. It had just happened, you know. The world had just ended, so yes. we still have the we have, see the beginning of the breakdown of yeah. society. So you still have a lot of like actual not not pulled apart mm-hmm. costuming, but actual wardrobe. And it's so funny because even though on the limited budget, they had a. Uh, well, everyone was rock- rocking those leather jackets. No, there was only like one leather jacket yeah. in place. <laughs> Most of them were vinyl, which 
you can kind of get away with back in the day. Totally, yeah. Because, I mean, you have to remember in the 70s, mm. movies didn't look as crisp as they yeah. do nowadays. This was, was at 4K. Exactly. This is long before HD films. So uh, vinyl would read just fine on camera yeah. back then. So you had your hero jacket and your leather yeah. and then just put everyone else yeah. in, in, mm-hmm. in vinyl. Which is great, too, because um, even the motorcycle jackets that the, the motorcycle gang wore uh, were based on the same pattern uh, as Max's jackets. So. Yeah, some of the um, some of the motorcycle gang uh, people in Toe Cutter's gang had jackets that were literally the exact same pattern, yeah. though some of them were made out of cloth and some mm-hmm. of them were made out of like oil skin rather than the dark black vinyl. But it, like literally, they're wearing the same jackets. Hey, it's super easy if you're yeah. wardrobe and you maybe have two people working yep. and just <laughs> stitch that right up. Yep. But it's great too because we we did start to see the the use of sports equipment. Yes, though, with Toe Cutter's gang, they really uh, we we finally get to see like the motorcycle, you know, ar- yeah. armor and the football equipment, which kind of is iconic with post apoc Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good um, shot. It's uh, the next photo down, mm-hmm. Alexis, uh, of Toe Cutters Gang, where you can see that, like, some of them have, uh, like, hockey pads attached, yeah. like, to their arms and, like, sh- uh, elbow pads and, and, and sort of the, the sporting gear that ultimately translated over and we saw quite a lot of in the subsequent film. Mm-hmm. I heard yeah. an interesting piece of trivia about Toe Cutters Gang, actually, which is that uh, rather than flying all of these guys out uh, from one city to another mm-hmm. where they were filming, yeah. uh, they actually just shipped all the motorcycles and then had them road trip to where they were going to be filming. Oh, that's, awesome. that's so awesome. Yeah, Miller spoke a little bit about that at at the uh, the press junket, and he kind of said that a lot of those guys were actual, not necessarily actors, that they were bikers, yeah. that they just kind of whipped into shape for the, the film as they drove all across Australia. So yeah. it's pretty awesome to think about how that, that movie really is. I mean, it's the epitome of post-apocalyptic yeah. in so many ways because you just have. Oh, and, and the American, yeah. and or in this case, Australian, mm-hmm. the very Western idea of the yeah. apocalypse, which is that if there was an energy crisis, it would just be complete societal collapse. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no banding together and creating right. a better future. No, it's no. anarchy. <laughs> It seems more authentic, almost, too, especially with that story of them just actually (laughs) writing out that, you know, it is kind of what makes the whole Mad Max franchise so awesome is because you think this is more accurate as to what would actually happen, (laughs) but significantly more badass and everyone looks awesome because you have time to do your makeup. Exactly. Explicably. Yeah. Yeah. Or just have some paint on your face. It's all you really need. But yeah, then and then heading over to the Road Warrior and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, uh, we actually have costumes by Norma uh, Mor- Moriso, Moriso. I believe is how you probably pronounce that name. And uh, yeah, she's her her uh, basic claim to fame was bringing in the whole punk rock oriented post apocalyptic leather biker fetish that we know and love from mm-hmm. all wasteland type yeah. shoots. Um, you know, you, you, she actually, you kind of see in also the Sex Pistols mockumentary, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. Which, yeah, which she did costumes yeah, for. <laughs> super rad. Um, now, originally uh, director, writer George Miller and co-writer Terry Hayes, who did the novelization of Mad Max, uh, they were collaborating on a special effects horror film, but Miller decided, hey, you know what? Let's revisit this. I want to come back. I really love this series. I want to put some more time into it. And they were actually given a larger budget. Yes. So we got to see a bit more of Expanse in the costume design. So much fancier costumes. <laughs> Max gets a real leather jacket this time. <laughs> and uh, now we really see the iconic football armor shoulder pads come into place. We even get a, a leg brace. Yeah. Which, uh, um, I do want to actually real quick thank the Mad Masker, Aubriana, for lending a whole bunch of the props that you see here. Uh, this is a... a 
typical post-apocalyptic leg brace, very similar to the one that Max wore. And my mm-hmm. outfit is actually uh, from the Waterworld wardrobe <laughs> department. I fit into the little girl's jacket. I'm still built like a 12-year-old, apparently. It's so great. <laughs> it is, but it's uh, it's really awesome to see how you can reappropriate a lot of these costumes. Um, one of our viewers, uh, Bill mm-hmm. Pollahan, says that his cousin is the feral kid from uh, the second Mad Max film, and he's going to send oh us a God. photo when he can. Yes, that that awesome. we look forward awesome. to seeing that. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> And one of the cool things, too, is we see a lot more variation in costumes. The gangs were very, like, set yeah. in, in, in a, uh, Road Warrior and, and uh, Thunderdome. Like, you really had, like, you had the Mohawkers and you had the bikers and, like, you, like, just the, and the, the mohair wigs yeah. that they did. Well, and I, I love to, uh, specifically in Road Warrior, mm. how the sort of good guys, the defenders that are trying to defend their little encampment civilization yeah. are all wearing, like, variations on white and cream. Yeah. Yeah. And all the bad guys are in black. Black and it's, red, it's yeah, it's, literal. It's a literal, yeah. yeah. And, and yet, but you know, in Fury Road, you see, you mm-hmm. see that uh, black and white translation again. Miller, mm-hmm. Miller doesn't put. All, he doesn't want to make you think too much. I mean, yeah, no. Know. And I, I love this this shot right here because yeah. we actually see a female road warrior in her white yep. football armor. Yep. But I kind of like it because it makes me think that they like called each other up and were like, yeah. "What are you wearing today?" Okay, let's make sure that we coordinate. Yeah, <laughs> it's really true. No, it does feel like that whole encampment was like, "All right, guys, we got a plan. We're all gonna wear white." That it's way, like everyone's, gonna, everyone's gonna know On we're Wednesdays, team. We wear pink. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're good. It, it, it is. It's like it's like shirts versus skins. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, and of course we can't we can't talk about Beyond Thunderdome without giving a nod to the woman herself. Tina Turner. Yes. Oh, yeah. She, I, I just, okay, so I watched this movie with my father as a child on, <laughs> on TV, and I don't know what it was, but I fell in love with her, and, and also Master Blaster, because my dad would carry me around on his shoulders and be like, who runs Motortown? Master Blaster does. <laughs> um, that is awesome. Yeah, I had a really cool dad. Thank you, dad, for making me a nerd. Um, but I just, I don't know, Tina's just, this is fantastic, because, um, if you guys have been reading the internet, there's been some talk about Mad Max Fury Road being a feminist flick, and there are some people out there who are really angry that it's all female, but first off, George Miller's always had really strong, interesting female characters, hence Tina, mm-hmm. and this is also Fury Road, is yeah. his movie, it's not like he's just putting Shirley's Throne in there and saying like, oh, okay, it's just gonna be female Mad Max now no it's it's no. he's a he's a great director who doesn't look at the gender divide you know i mean he'll he i, I will say for fury road there's a very obvious uh take of how women are used in mm-hmm. that uh society but it's a very believable take and then the the character he has that kind of comes in and and fixes all that takes <laughs> takes ownership of it it's a strong female lead but yeah. it's an amazing female lead and and it's in tune with what he's shown us in the past so yeah. i'm i'm super excited Absolutely. to kind of see the continuation of how he takes female characters uh, alexis uh ryan in the chat wants to know if you've seen mad max <laughs> She's nodding furiously. Yeah. Alexis loves Mad Max. She brought all kinds Alexis of stuff. Alexis is currently wearing a gas mask. Yeah. For God. God. It's, it's amazing. Warmer. Yeah, it's pretty rational. She's all decked out. <laughs> Now, uh, heading over to Fury Road, this is the biggest budgeted Mad Max film at $150 million. It's more than all the others combined. And uh, <laughs> this is also the first time in, in Mad Max uh, costuming history we're actually seeing custom-molded pieces rather than the usual assortment of found items. Um, costumes were done by Jenny Beaven. 
I love I love all the female costume yeah, designers in this. Yeah. This makes me so happy. They're all women. Yeah. It's great. She, she worked on uh, Merchant Ivory film, started her career as a set designer for the London stage, and transitioned into costume design, uh, working as an unpaid designer on a small Merchant Ivory film, The Hullabaloo, over George and Bonnie's pictures. Um, and you found out a really neat little uh, nod to her in a previous yeah, costume designer. Yeah, I, uh, I was reading an interview with her because uh, she's designed a lot of my favorite, favorite movies. Uh, the Ang Lee Sense and Sensibility, to name one of them. Yes. Uh, also, Ever After? Come on. Oh, Every girl yes. wants to wear uh, the dress that she wears to the mm-hmm. ball, the dress that Danielle wears to the ball. Amazing. But she, uh, in, in an interview I was reading with her, it said that one of her favorite all-time great costume designers is Anthony Powell, whose designs we previously discussed on our Hook episode. That's really, nice. I love, I love yeah. all the shared connections yeah. there. We're going to do a, a two degree of separation of costume yes, designers perfect. on this I love And it. your next challenge just to do a crossover yeah. Mad Max Enchanted and just make yes. it <laughs> yes. so you get to wear the Danielle dress but like Epic. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine that with like like white like studs and, and yeah, exactly. Like the, it's yeah. like where she has the slashing uh-huh. in the bodice where the stuff like the sleeves poof through, which like spikes all along the edge. I would I would actually really I would like totally to see rock that. that. I think I think we need to make this happen, Emma. All right, so okay, let's just get to the costumes. So let's yeah. be honest. Everyone wants to know how can you make your own Mad Max costume? Yes. So starting with Ma- Max, uh, you know. It's pretty simple. Get a leather jacket and yeah. go. It's known as a Brando-style jacket. Uh, large collars and lapels. V-shaped seam across uh, the back of the shoulders. No epaulets. No snaps on the shoulder. No melt belt. No melting. <laughs> just, uh, pretty easy. You know, you can slash and dag some stuff off, and, and you're you're good to go. But uh, what's the fun in that? Why stop there? Exactly. Because that's the fun part about mm-hmm. these Wastelander costumes yeah. is all of the fun accessories that you get to wear. <laughs> and messing them up after you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Distressing is the best. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. No, uh, we've talked about distressing a little bit here and there. Do you have any tips? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the main thing, regardless of what sort of technique you're going to mm-hmm. use, uh, I find is just... Think about the logic of what you're distressing and where it's being distressed. Because I've seen people who just just give like overall distressing head to toe, like everything looks gross and dirty, and that's not as interesting or plausible as right. like, mm-hmm. okay, your elbows are worn through, the you know your collar, your cuffs are where the you know most of the wear and tear mm-hmm. happen. Um, so I think if you apply that logic, then you know whatever technique you're using will look that much better. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's any number of ways that you can do it. There's, you know, actually destroying the garments <laughs> in various ways if you're using <laughs> rasp or if you're, you know, tying it to the back of a truck and dragging it around or, you know, yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can also use paint to mm-hmm. simulate dirt or mm-hmm. oil or grime, whatever. No, is it, like, just you use the cheapest crafter's paint you can find? Spray paint? Like, is there, is there a I have or a used bad? all sorts of different things. I was a... Um, uh, wardrobe assistant on a movie called Scavengers, which yeah. was done in a very like post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. like outer space kind of style. Uh, Ooh. It was not great. But, <laughs> still, but it's on Hulu if you want to attempt to sit through. <laughs> um, but the costuming was really fun because mm-hmm. it was all it, like 
one of my jobs on it was just like distressing all this stuff. Yeah. And we used everything between like spray paint and, um, you know, just like acrylic paint that you get from a craft oh, store right. or totally. whatever, or house paint. Yeah. You know. yeah. It doesn't really matter as long as there's like pigment in it, you can mm-hmm. work it into. Yeah. I, I even worked, um, a, a bunch of my friends were responsible for the Fallout Nuka Break web series. Oh, and great. I, yeah. I went out and I worked background for them a couple days just because mm-hmm. I was like, that'll be fun. I yeah. want to dress up in wasteland costumes and hang out in the desert. And, uh, they asked us all to bring our own pants and we honestly just painted them with tempera paint yeah. and then oh, it just washes awesome. right out. <laughs> yeah, and bleach is like a super useful yeah. tool too because I love using well, I can't take any yeah. this, but, the, this shirt yeah. was, a, was a black shirt and then oh, I just nice. sprayed it with uh, watered down bleach in a yeah. spray bottle and just let it do its thing. Dude, dollar spray bottles are your best friend. Yes. When I was doing my Borderlands Lilith costume, I had like six different spray bottles with all my different colors and, and concoctions so I could just like spray and then rub in and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and gloves. Always gloves. Yeah. That's the thing also when like, especially when you're working mm-hmm. with fabrics is like going in layers and doing washes yeah. of, you know, you can water stuff down um, and, and then spray it on and that'll give you like a nice layered effect so it's not just like you know, you dipped your leg in paint or whatever. <laughs> it's like it builds up over time. Yeah, and yeah. I think textures. That's a real big key: is building building it up. Start small, start light, and then add to it because that way you can you. It's you know, once you put the paint on there, you can't really take it off. Yeah. So yeah. it's better to start small. And yeah, you know, and I was doing um my Lara Croft from the the latest game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I made muddy legging like for my for my pants. I did a more muddy at the bottom and had it splatter more right. at the top because mm-hmm. if I'm running through mud, it's not going to be like. Super just, around my, you right. know, or just random yeah. splashes of mud everywhere. Yeah. It's it's like you were saying, Alex. It's like there is a, there is some Andrew. rhyme and reason to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm. I apologize, Andrew. I don't know it's why I said right. Alex. Alexis. Alex. There we Alana, go. Uh, I'm looking, uh, there's so I many know. A's. Uh, Andrew. I, uh, I I was gonna say that it's like you're saying like mm-hmm. things wear in a natural sort of way. Yeah. It's yeah. not just random. Yes. And and your butt is really important because you'll be sitting. Alive, so there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of stress on the butt. <laughs> I took a lot of attention of detail to my Lara Croft butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes wait, sense, too, with yeah. the layering, because yeah. even when your actual clothes are being distressed, mm-hmm. you're not going to have one instance that everything gets destroyed at once. It's yeah. supposed to be a series of kind of small battles. So as you layer, it's like you create your own story yeah. for each piece, which oh, is kind of cool. Yeah. That's such a good way of putting it. I yeah. love that. You do create a story. And then also randomly, I'm learning just from watching my boyfriend's wear and tear. He keeps his iPhone 6 Plus in his pocket. Oh. And now he has like holes on his <laughs> yeah. pocket. So something, to, you know, for the modern day wastelander with your iPhone, just know you're going to have two holes in your pocket. Yeah. That, that's actually something that like I've done in costumes mm-hmm. before where you think about like, all right, well, this person's got a pocket. Mm-hmm. What does this pocket contain because that exact same thing happens I always get like wear and tear where you can actually see the outline like lighter of where mm-hmm. I keep my phone in my pocket every day yeah um, and so but you can put like a different prop in there you know yeah uh, I've done that with like steampunk stuff where it's like alright you gotta you probably keep a wrench in your pocket or whatever so then you put the wrench in and then you can use sandpaper or whatever and distress around it so that it, you actually get those little like oh, shadows yeah. of yeah. whatever is you're carrying around yep. that's really awesome yep. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, uh, we can't talk about uh, different types of armor without talking about the iconic yeah. football armor. <laughs> yes. um, 
Emma, you found a really good... Uh... Yeah, so there is a website called MadMaxCostumes.com that is 100% <laughs> dedicated to all the costumes from the Mad Max films. They have amazing information on all of them and a ton of tutorials, uh, as well as, of course, uh, it couldn't be a Mad Max costume site without a tutorial on how to do the football armor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Andrew brought his... Uh, plain, ready ready yeah. to be molded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I borrowed from uh, James and Aubriana of the Mad Masker one of their finished pieces. So cool. So they they have like, what's great is, so this little piece right here is actually uh, I've seen this replicated in Furiosa's uh, arm oh. piece on, on hers. Yeah. And they have... It's they, also what's on Max's. That's, that was exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I think it was on Max's. We'll, we'll have photos later. They've, um, yeah, they've obviously kind of distressed <laughs> the, the leather. They've added this really neat textured like leather roping that's been painted. You get some horsehair braids. You have some like matted down fur. That's great. It's so great. Yeah, it looks like that was just sprayed. Yeah, that's just, great. Oh, it's just <laughs> so wonderful. And like lots of big stitches. I know it might be hard to see here, but like something you see um in the in the Fury Road costumes are huge open stitches yeah. to like kind of pull things well, cause, together. Well, cuz I mean Max's yeah. jacket is theoretically supposed to be the same jacket mm-hmm. he's had across all of the films and so it's sustained some damage at this point. <laughs> now when when buying uh like the the football armors they're like you know you can probably go get like re- like used you know I tend yeah. to go find yeah. like well that's the thing is that like if you're doing it strictly for costuming mm-hmm. it doesn't have to really have like the structural integrity as if you were actually like a linebacker that is true yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't actually have to protect you right. so it's like a lot of times athletes will you know use it to the point where it's not really suitable for what they need it for yeah. and then you know you can find them at like thrift stores or like a play it against sports kind mm-hmm. of place and yeah. it's usually not actually that expensive if it's not in great shape yeah, so yeah. Like, I was also going to say you don't need it to be in great shape like kind of the worse right. shape no. is yeah. in the better exactly so. and, and ladies we have it easy because we can get youth Sizes, yeah, and they're usually a lot cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Like I got, I picked them up at Play It Again for like thirty bucks. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Mary, and yeah, so I, I had like, a question. I like oh, yes, I know, I I know like you this. can't really hear me, but um, I was wondering since your your shoulder piece kind of reminds me, not to get too off topic, but it kind of reminds me of hiccups. Oh, oh in How to Train Your Dragon. dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that maybe instead of you just using it for Mad Max, you can also use it for like back in. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Of- I mean, that was the thing with the with the Mad Max films is they had a very limited budget. The original ones did, and so they had to get creative with this kind of stuff. I mean, there's nothing. There's no better example, I think, for a starting point for cosplay than the Mad Max films because yeah. mm-hmm. that's the thing about cosplay is it is all about being creative, and it's like. How can I do this complicated thing that's supposed to be metal or real leather for less money than those things would cost me? And let me tell you, if you guys are trying to do a metal look and you have plastics, chrome spray paint is like amazing. The Rust-Oleum's chrome yeah. spray paint is my mm-hmm. go-to. And then yep. rub and buff if you want to add some stuff. Like, that is just, like, I don't really like Krylon's chrome. Not as good. I'm a Rust-Oleum girl. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> but there's a lot of ways that you can go You can go metal and you can take plastic or you can take other metal pieces and change the color. Yeah. Which I think we, we've done, we've shown before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love with these costumes too because they are so distressed. Like this mm-hmm. is actually a sweet pea from Sucker Punch that genuinely got messed up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And so then you can repurpose other pieces that you've had yes. that you may not use anymore because there isn't a set specific 
guideline that it has to follow. Yeah, yeah. and it's well, and that's and so you know a lot of people here, especially out in in so Southern California, but they travel from all over the world. Is they come to Wasteland Weekends, mm-hmm. which if you guys haven't heard of Wasteland Weekends, <laughs> I'm super excited because I'm going for the first time this year. But it is. Uh, Mad Max Heaven? I mean, you come yeah. in. Tell us about yeah, it. Tell- uh, so it's a uh, it's a four day uh, festival out in the middle of the California desert um, where you camp out and people bring out their crazy like Mad Max replica vehicles and their inspired like wasteland post apocalyptic vehicles mm-hmm. um, that they've created. And the pretty much the main rule there Ooh. is that whenever you're if you're at the event, you have to be dressed in costume yes. the entire time. Um, they do not have give mm-hmm. exceptions. You can't just walk around in shorts and a t-shirt or whatever if you don't feel like getting dressed up. Because the intention is to create this immersive experience. Yeah. Like, the world really did end, and all these people came together out in the desert. Like, what would that be like? That's so and, cool. of course, <laughs> there are rules as far as, like, you can't bring actual weapons and all <laughs> yeah. that. So it's not chaos. Yeah. But it's so funny to me because it's it's an amazing community. It's just like a great, friendly, welcoming community mm-hmm. of people. Everybody looks so scary because, <laughs> like, you know, you've got all these people with, like, shaved heads yeah. and giant spikes and all of this. Um, and then they just, you know, they're like, hey, welcome. Hey, you want some food? Yeah, come yeah, on. Like, totally. Yeah. Well, like, it was funny. Uh, James and Aubriana were showing me pictures of the Lord Humongous who's out there and how he performed a wedding ceremony and how he's, like, the nicest That's so dude. awesome. Like, he's just, like, the coolest dude. Yeah. Um, huge, terrifying like, man. Yeah. Hockey and he's just like, no, I'm, I'm sweet, man. Um, and they have, like, I know last year my friend uh, Jessie Thaxton, who runs uh, Malaconic Designs, she did the fashion show. Um, mm. And she also had, like, the, you can go and, and buy, but you can also, what's cool is trade and barter out there. Yeah. So it's so funny um, how tiny my little world is. Uh, Jessie, who lives in Dallas, came out here and ended up... Uh, James and Aubriana bar- like had to go travel on a scavenger hunt to barter for something to get these costume pieces from my friend that we they had no idea we're all <laughs> That's connected. Awesome. So That's it's awesome. just I just love how how that community is so it brings people together yeah. and that's one of my favorites uh, Michael in the chat had a really good question mm-hmm. which was uh, any recommendations for metal looking spikes that are not metal something safe for cons and cosplay um, well, you know, we, when we talked about this with like the Marjorie yes. Tyrell wedding dress, you can get, um, plastic, uh, spikes yeah. or plastic shape spikes, mm-hmm. especially on Etsy. Yeah. Um, or teardrop shape spikes and you can spray paint them or use rub and buff, I think might be your, your best. Yeah. Bet. Especially if you're looking to make like little spikes. Yeah. If you were trying to make something bigger, you probably have to cast it yeah. yourself yeah. or even just make it out of like model magic and yeah. just buff it down a little and then spray paint it. But yeah, if you want to do a whole lot of them, just, you know, cast one out, make a clay, yeah. like a clay mold and cast it. You can even get like, even just go to your local, um, Michaels. It's not the best casting stuff, but they do have like, they do have little kits, yeah, though. Yeah, they have little yeah. kits for it, and then you can just pour it and cast it. Yeah, yeah I mean, for for movies like, mm-hmm. you know, stunt armor or something like that, if it had spikes, it would probably, they'd be casting it out of foam or rubber or yep. something yeah. like that. Um, I would also recommend looking into, like, LARPing supplies. Oh, yeah, like that's a really good because idea. Because that might be the kind of item that they would have. Because yeah. LARPing always has regulations about, like, not that's actually kind of having anything that can I hurt anybody. explained Wasteland to one of my friends. They're like, it, what is it exactly? I'm like, imagine LARPing <laughs> if you LARPed, like, post-apocalyptic and also you look like you just walked out of a badass 80s music. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're like, I want to go to that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Totally. Okay, so I want to I want to show real quick some of these photos I took at the press event. Um, we've got Max's costume from the new Fury Road. Uh, they're down a little bit. It's 14A, I believe. 
Yeah. There we go. So that's uh that's oh, yeah, Max's new piece. That's a full body shot and we've got um the next one over should be a little bit closer. So oh, yeah, cool. you can see the the repeat of the shoulder yeah. armor. His jacket is so messed up yep. at this point and he's uh you know, he's kinda got a and you can see in the, the stitching. Yeah, the stitching. It's <laughs> it's so great because it's like obviously over however much time. Now, and by the way, there is some debate as to where this film falls into place. Some uh, some are saying it's between uh, 2 and Thunderdome. Oh. Some are saying, like, George Miller said, like, oh, it's about 45 years after, but we just kind of accept that he's young mutations. Yeah. yeah. Radioactivity. Sure. Um, so hopefully we'll find out a little bit more about, about timing, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a close-up of the, the shoulder piece. Yeah. And it's just so great. Now, the other thing that I really loved about this costume. Um, oh, we can show the yeah leather tra- trousers, and you see his uh, leg brace. His leg brace, um, and the, the it's like you see the the scarf wrapped around his hands. He had mm-hmm. really cool gloves in the movie, but they didn't have them. But what I loved about this is this pitchfork mask that he wears uh. for part of the film because obviously it's Tom Hardy and he can't act without a mask. <laughs> I mean, I will say yeah. he doesn't sound like Bane. He does well. not sound like Bane. Uh, but this this plays. I'm not going to spoil this for anyone, but this plays such an integral role to his character in the first half of the movie, and it's fantastic. And I just love like the use of welded found objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super cool. And yeah. what I thought was neat, um, reading about this costume was that they actually loaned out the pieces to the design team oh my gosh. so that they could replicate them as closely as they, they loaned out Mel Gibson's pieces right. to like the, the design team. Yeah, the original well. ones to, so that they could replicate them as closely as possible oh for so, Tom like Hardy. A private collector yeah. had them. And, mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, that's yeah. And then I believe they ended up in Weta's possession, I read, oh. maybe? Um, yeah, yeah, and then they, they loaned them out to uh, make sure that uh, the costume was uh, pretty darn accurate. That's <laughs> awesome. I mean, the, the the level of authenticity that yeah. they stuck with this, I mean, says a lot about how much Miller and his crew believe in this yeah. franchise. Yeah. Now, heading over to my favorite character, for many <laughs> reasons, is Furiosa, Charlize Theron. Uh, she is a road warrior in every sense of the word. <laughs> I, I love her. Uh, she also only has one arm, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, and if you notice, she's... She took a bold move and decided to be uh, bald in this, yeah. and this was actually her the decision. Bald move, even. Yeah, I know, bald move. Goodbye. Just don't quit your day. <laughs> um, so at the press event, she was telling us how they had had her in a slick back ponytail, and she's like, "It's not working. I'm not feeling it." You know, Furiosa wouldn't have this, so she texts Miller in the middle of the night one night, and she's like, "I'm going to shave my head." He's like, "I don't know about that. No, I'm going to do it." So she had a her friend, who, nice a hairdresser, who's kind of with her all the time, and and he like gave her the clippers, and it's like, "No, you have to make the first cut. This is symbolic." So she pretty much shaved her own head wow. and sent a picture to George Miller, and he's like, "All right, that's it." But yeah, but it was funny. Um, she she. Let on the only reason Miller was concerned was he was just kind of concerned with the shape of her head. Right, like, I know. Yes, you never I, know. Yeah, like, yeah. And there's so many actresses like Natalie Portman mm-hmm. and Demi Moore, and you see, and they luckily they look great. great. Yeah. But I know if I shaved my head, I, there's going to be some weird like bald head things yeah. sticking totally. out of my head that I didn't know was there. She just so happened to have like the perfect uh, perfect head for this, and I yeah. thought I just thought that was like on her part to say I'm so dedicated to making this work. Like that's that's just something I love about you know actors and, mm-hmm. and their roles. So this was really great. And then um, the other big 
note is that prosthetic arm. Uh, she wore the arm during the filming. It seems like she had like a green green sleeve mm-hmm. to cover it. So, um, but one of the problems is, is that the the hands didn't have a lot of range of mobility. Mm. So she was like having to grab someone. Like the crew would have to come and like oh. latch them on to her. So it was. Uh, it, it's a great piece, and, and we got to see it up close. Uh, but unfortunately, like the the, it wasn't as functional as I think they yeah. would have wanted. Yeah. It didn't seem to articulate a lot in the hand. Because I, I read something somewhere that something like eighty percent of the effects in this film are practical. Yes, which yes. is so unusual for mm-hmm. a, a movie like this nowadays. You, normally, they would use a lot of CGI, and yeah. apparently, that was not the case for no. this film. Well, and, I, and 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 this is you know just kind of. To do the compare and contrast yeah. of Avengers versus this, you know, the opening scene of Avengers drove me nuts because the CG was just so it apparent. Looked like yeah. a video game. And, and, and <laughs> when you see films with practical effects, they hold up and they hold up over time. You know, they might not yeah. be the coolest, but like I can still go back and watch the original Star Wars mm-hmm. and love it because what they did at the time was so grounded. Yeah, and parts of Star Trek. Yeah, um, oh, and so Jurassic I think Park. That's what, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think like this this film to do that. Uh, you know, it's going to really hold up and it makes, it does make a huge difference in mm-hmm. this. And also, like, so, uh, one of the things that, uh, Tom Hardy was saying was some of the pickup shots. They, they have a car fight where they're on pole arms. That was done in a lot here in LA, but so much of, so much of what you see was like shot over years, months, like I think it was nine months in the desert. Yeah. Um, of, of these actual vehicles and just having to shoot and reshoot from different angles. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wired had a great article this week about how they did some of the stunts. Uh, yeah. The technologies that they developed in order to actually do these stunts practically. It's, it's amazing. so cool. That's yeah. So uh, awesome. Bill in the chat says it was actually 95% practical. Oh, wow. So, yeah. wow. And they shot all on Alexis cameras, mm-hmm. which if you're a camera junkie, it's, they're really awesome. Yeah. So they were going to try to only do one single camera, uh, but they had ended up having to bring in mm-hmm. more. Uh, now, now getting up close and personal with the uh, the costume from the press, uh, she's almost a, a mirror, like a opposite of Max's style because yeah. you have, you know, you do have some elements of the white. You've got the the belts there, yeah. which I think is such a great uh, instead of having a corset like here, let's yeah. just wrap some some dirty old belts. And again, if you wanted to if you wanted to recreate this costume um, at home, just go to the thrift store and buy a bunch yeah. of belts. Buy a bunch of belts. And something else I loved was the use, um, especially with. Uh, uh, Immortan Joe's gang, which she is initially a part of, they all have uh, car hood ornaments oh. that they've turned into belt buckles. So that's what we saw there. That's great. Um, oh, cool! So yeah. the 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 bit that hangs down yeah, from the her belt is a hood down. ornament. Oh, yeah. that's so cool! It's their symbol, and it's really cool. And you have a bunch of chains that that's hang great. down, and some some cloth fabric, and then on her on her shoulder piece, uh, you see a valve, and it's just like a regular like a regulator yeah, regulator yeah, valve. Yeah. I think yeah. you, you could probably identify that a bit better than me. Um, not the best photos. My photo yeah, is dying. It looks to be some kind of just pressure pressure yeah. uh, was just uh, gauge from a hardware store or something. Glued right in yeah. there. And one of the neat things on her prosthetic arm is that there's a there's a wrench built into it. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and just a lot of a lot of found objects. You see some leather bits and some other plastic bits uh, rub and buff to make a little bit more metal looking. Yeah. Uh, but they really, and there's there's another uh, valve right there, gate, pressure gauge. It was just such that's a great. amazing piece of work. And I like the little like, chainmail bits that yeah. cover her fin- cool. like, fingertips. 
So I, lo- is- I love that like ninety percent of these costumes is mm-hmm. things that you could find at like a hardware store. Yeah, yeah or totally. The Salvation Army or whatever. Well, and I think it's realistic because they're living in a time where new materials aren't necessarily right. being produced. Yeah. So you right. have to improvise and work with the materials you have. And I think that is one of the things that it really loans itself to the whole Mad Max universe. I mean, it's something we were talking about mm-hmm. last week with um, Fifth Element is that. The costumes are really in that movie just as much a part mm-hmm. of the scenery as the scenery, and mm-hmm. I think the same is true for these films. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be. The scenery is the desert. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's perfect. Yeah. And then um, I got a couple shots. This is a, a Morton Joe. He's the main bad guy. Okay. And, and that chess piece is something that's like was molded to him. It almost looks vacuum form. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm not. You know, again, I'm not much of a prop maker. Um, and you see a lot of like elements of of cows in there, and you can see the uh, see the the 929. Oh, uh, nice. Kind of but um, my friend Aubriana pointed out that they look like cow's teeth in a cow bladder uh, that create his rebreather oh. mask. So, you know, you can yeah. imagine just finding some, like, dead cow out in the middle of the, you oh. know, desert, and he just kind of appropriate it. And, and, and this this costume specifically is so functional for yeah. this character. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but this is one of those form, form and function combined to make a really gross, mean-looking mm-hmm. dude. And uh, what's really cool, too, about this is this is actually played by uh, Hugh Keys Byrne, who was Toe Cutter. Yeah. And the reason they wanted to put him in a mask is that they didn't want a confusion for people to think this was Toe right. Cutter in any way. But Miller was just like, there was only one man who can play this, and I want <laughs> I wanted the original. And I, I just, I absolutely thought that was a fantastic play on his part. Sorry. No, I have to find all my notes. <laughs> too many pieces too of paper. Too many notes. Too many notes. <laughs> and then, um, these are the wives. Uh, now that reviews are coming out, I feel okay uh, pointing the, them out. They are really amazing characters on their own uh, right. Remember, we were talking about color theory. Yeah. As, as the ultimate innocent people in this mm-hmm. film, yeah. they're all in white. Uh, but also to signify their purity and they're, you know, the fact that they are, like, brides and wives. Uh, but their costumes, they probably have the most comfortable costumes. Yeah. They're all, like, in the hot desert, like, really flowy. And everyone, every one of theirs kind of had a different feel. It kind of, it, it played to their own character. Yeah. Uh, though my favorite was, um, was, uh, oh, my God, I'm I'm so bad I'm blanking on her name. Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Oh, uh, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, Kravitz yeah. <laughs> uh, who's fantastic. Like, all the, a lot of the other girls are models turned actresses. But yeah. Zoe Kravitz really, like, owned it. And she was. She's awesome. She's just, she's amazing and uh i i love i love these characters so much and i really am like trying to like get a whole group of us to go and cosplay oh totally them. Do that. <laughs> um, and uh and then uh, this costume coming up is uh one of the doctor's costumes and he uh his little bits and pieces if we go to the next picture you can kind of see he's got like uh, all his medical bits in his leather packet and he has like a bandolier of different uh torture devices uh and and he's we'll see him in the beginning of the film and 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 just it's again one of those like it reminds me of something from fallout it reminds me of something from borderlands it's very like this is a character you know what he does by the look of his costume Mm -hmm. and uh and then this is just one of the uh, other characters that you meet later in the film that i want to i don't want to spoil so (laughs) but her costume is just really cool so those are i was really excited to share those and then uh yeah now, we can't talk about Mad Max without addressing the cars. Because 
Well, the costumes are That's cool. what it's all about. Though. It yeah, is really. It's, it's true. It's car porn. Yeah. Let's just be honest. <laughs> now, uh, my friend Athena Stamos over at Car Stars, uh, we have a quick little video uh, that we're going to show, and I encourage everyone to go check out their Mad Max Interceptor Car Stars episode, but I'll have Alexis throw to that right now. This is Athena Stamos, and we're here at Wasteland Weekend for a dystopian episode of Star Cars. Each year, vehicle. What do you have to do to turn the Falcon into the last of the V8 interceptors? Uh, you have to add a lot of parts. The front end has to be changed to the nose cone. Fenders all have to be flared. The roof spoiler has to be added. Then there's the side pipes. I've added the blue light. So tell us about the supercharger. Engaged by a switch on the shifter. Applies more power. Horsepower is somewhere in the 380 range right now. It's fine. Yeah, so that's uh, Athena Stamos and Star Cars with the Interceptor. I would definitely go over to their YouTube and check it out because the whole episode is really cool. She got to go drive freaking interceptor uh and speaking of um car and driver posted some really cool uh photos from the movie and we have a picture of the interceptor right here this is uh mad max's vehicle throughout all the films yeah it's kind of the the movie uh <laughs> and then the new the new big guys the war rig this is what furiosa drives and it's uh it's it's amazing. It's fantastic. Wow. I, yeah, it's outfitted. <laughs> like, you can have war boys sitting on the top and back, you know, getting ready to shoot down enemies. It, it ca- tanks. It doesn't carry gas. It carries something a little different. Hmm. Uh, something a little bit more precious than gas. And then we've got Plymouth Rock, which I love all the, uh, is this the spiky one? Let's see here. Yeah, this is, want to look at this. Like, all, <laughs> oh, like, that's, uh, one of the other gangs drives the Plymouth Rock and it's really fantastic. And then the <laughs> Mac, which, I mean, it looks like something out of Cars on crack. It does. It looks yeah. like a mater. Totally I was thinking the first one looks like, like, like a transformer, yeah. and then it looks like Sonic, and then it looks like Mater. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay. like yeah, <laughs> inspiration from yeah. uh, all of these. Yes. <laughs> and then Peacemaker, which it's oh, that's insane. I know. On, on and awesome. to see that guy move on on film is fantastic. That's awesome. And then the Giga Horse, which I uh, also adore because how many fins can you stick on the back of a car? <laughs> that's so great. Uh, so those are just some of the cars that you can expect to see in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, it comes out tomorrow. And we also had a couple fan submissions. Uh, I really want to thank my friends Jessica Drew and Raylana Cosplay and their photographer Mike Saffles. They went out to the desert a couple of weeks ago and shot some Mad Max inspired oh, stuff. Oh, cool. So, yeah, this is a shot right here in uh, Southern California. And we've got some really great uh, pictures that they really did. Um, Oh, one second. My uh, Alexis. My Alexis is telling me. uh, One moment, please. I think that's... Do we have it? Are we good? Yay. Live show, guys. Live show. (laughs) We're doing it live. Um, Yeah, there's uh, Jess and Relena on their awesome car. And they they did their costumes and their props. Uh, and then we've got a couple more from them. Look at that. Like I love when the yeah. cosplay photos look like production stuff. I know. And no. you're just like, oh. oh, and like, like, Saffles has been killing it too. And, and, and Jessica has been doing a lot of art direction lately. And I just, like, I've been so inspired by, by this, their wow. photos lately. So, I mean, look at that. She even did her own so mask piece. So, mad props to you guys for bringing uh, some of the best Wastelanders to life. Yeah. Mad uh, Max props. Mad Max hey. props. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our show. Um, I do want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in. And also, I think we have an announcement. 
an, a winner. Oh, yes, yes. Our winner. We, have a winner. we have a winner. Yeah. So uh, last week we gave out uh, two tickets to Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, yeah. June 19th through the 21st. And this week's winner is Shayla Valencia. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Shayla, you have been great. You've been such a huge supporter of the show. Thank you so much uh, for all of you've done. So give us an email at thecosplaycoach at gmail.com and we'll make sure you get in the door. Uh, we'll add you to the guest list so you can attend all three days of Amazing Las Vegas Con. We're you can come chill with us. Yeah. So it'll be super awesome. Come say hi. And uh, we've got two more tickets to give out this week. We're going to do things a little bit differently. So uh, this week, we want you to uh, submit your answer by liking or comment, liking and commenting on both YouTube and uh, and or uh, iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> um, what was the name of Mad Max's partner in the original Mad Max? So if you if you like it, comment and then tweet at us. At uh, the cosplay coach yep. at Popcorn Talk at M Placo Alana Jordan Emma Fife, uh, we'll put you in the drawing to win for next week's prizes. Yes. So yeah. you do have to answer the trivia question. Yeah, you do also. have to answer. The trivia. <laughs> yeah, we're making it a little harder this week, but uh, you know we have the internet. But yeah. don't look the look up the internet. Watch if you haven't seen it. Watch the original Mad Max yeah. and get the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and uh, yeah, like I said, we'll get you two tickets to Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con in June. We'll get you in the door, but how you get there is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Probably do we have in one of those cool cars? Yeah, yeah. I, would, I, I wish, wish I could fly in one of those cool how cars. Do we, how do we charter one of those cars to show up? Oh. On? I don't know. You can borrow my bike, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah can we talk about tiny. this real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, so last year was my first year attending mm-hmm. Wasteland Weekend, and I just like I knew going into it that the culture there was so much about the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that stuff so much, uh, but I was limited on time and budget and storage and transportation. Um, and so I thought to myself, so All right, what, what is the uh, what is the smallest and <laughs> cheapest vehicle that I can turn into a wasteland vehicle? And uh, I came up with the idea of doing a mini bike, um, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I love how silly it is. Um, but yeah, so I actually got this thing for free on Craigslist. Oh my god! Whoa! Uh, but it runs fine. That's awesome. Um, um, so I had no problem like chopping it in half mm-hmm. and and uh, turning it into a little post-apocalyptic mini bike. That's so, so fantastic! Yeah. Now, oh of course, God. now that I've gotten that out of my system and I've been to Wasteland yeah. Weekend, I'm like, crap! I need a car. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it <laughs> only it only one. builds up from here. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming out and talking. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. thanks for having me. So, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, so check out the League of Steam. That's the web series mm-hmm. that I direct uh, at leagueofsteam.com. Uh, check out Nerd Alert on the TYT network, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at von Fogel and Instagram Baron von Fogel. Rad. And then next week uh, we'll be back. We're not going to be live next week because uh, these two girls are doing something really awesome that we can't talk about. Yep. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll pre-record, uh, and we're going to be talking. Pride and Prejudice. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Going from complete wasteland to dainty tea party. Yeah, you uh, know, but the costume designer for this worked on a Jane Austen film, so it's yeah. not that weird I of a think transition. it'll just be a celebration of Jane Austen <laughs> yeah. next week. Uh, but yeah, and you can find me on the internet at M Placo. You can find me on the internet at Emma Fife. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. Awesome. <laughs> and guys, once again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, tell a friend, tweet at us, give us those thumbs up, those likes. And hey, you know what? Send us your videos and your cosplays. Well, if, even if we're not like in theme, we'll get there and we'll feature you. So just uh, send us emails at thecosplaycoach at gmail.com and we will see you next week. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.